we were uh, chatting in the car. What are we going to wear to the Texas party? Because I asked everybody to dress Texan, right? And so we were talking about cowboy hats and we get home, we sit down and we pull up our, you know, social media and what's all over it. Well, Amazon is trying to sell me cowboy boots. Facebook has ads for Stetsons and friends shirts. And so I take this very seriously. It's one of the reasons I love Unstoppable. We have a mission-based approach to putting data back in the hands of the users. And that's really important to me. NFTs are redefining the cryptocurrency landscape and taking the world by storm. This is Ashley Smith from Fame Lady Squad, and I want to welcome you to From the Blockchain. As leaders of an all-female avatar NFT project, we want to share our insight and industry knowledge with you. We want to empower more women to participate and dominate in the NFT space. So whether you're an early adopter or just a curious learner, we hope you join us to explore the exciting world of NFTs. All right, everybody, welcome back to From the Blockchain. This is your girl, Bored Becky, also known as Ashley in real life. And I'm here with my co-host, Danielle, also known as NFT Ignition, all over the internet. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Danielle, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Um, you know, for those of you listening, we recorded this on the 24th. For the last week and a half, we've been doing this Hug Accelerator program with mm-hmm. Randy Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. And it's been very intense, but in a good way. <laughs> a lot of thinking early in the morning, which I think I probably needed needed that. But um, yeah, it's it's great to be like thinking about all these questions in new ways. And um, we'll probably talk about it more on the show at another time. But it's, yeah. it's been a good it's been a good time. Yeah, absolutely. So for those listening that don't know, like we're the leaders of Fame Lady Squad, which most of you probably know, uh, but we are participating in this Web3 NFT accelerator program with Randy Zuckerberg, who, yes, shares the Zuckerberg Facebook name. And uh, it's pretty cool being able to do that with a bunch of other people in the cohort who are looking at building and looking at business development from a Web3 perspective been very fun and a lot of learning. So we're, we're happy to be doing that. It's a great market to be um, spending time, being thoughtful, <laughs> looking at our strategy. Um, and talking about strategy, uh, we have a guest today who I think uh, has a an extensive resume that outlines her strategic expertise in a variety of ways. Um, she's been around the block and, been, and, and done quite a few things. And I think that me sharing her bio here is probably going to miss a few things. Um, so I'm going to let her kind of dive a little bit deeper into her her, her past, where she's come from. But today we have Sandy Carter with us. Sandy is someone that if you're in the Web3 space, you've probably seen her name. Um, she has a very uh, big presence in spaces like Twitter, et cetera. Um, and she's actually someone that I was introduced to, not so much in an a intimate way, but through contacts, uh, I want to say NFT NYC 2021, um, about some of the work that that she was doing and some of the opportunities they might be able to bring uh, to Fame Lady Squad. So I'll dive a little bit into what that means. So Sandy Carter is Senior Vice President at Unstoppable Domains. She is responsible for driving new partnerships for Web3, Metaverse, Blockchain, and NFTs. Previously, she was VP at 
AWS, responsible for driving partnering in cloud, AI, IoT, and blockchain. She was the founder of a startup in Silicon Valley. In her last GM role at IBM, she ran the AI ML ecosystem. Sandy is the chairman of the board of Girls in Tech and an adjunct professor at Carnegie Mellon SB. She is also the author of Extreme Innovation and the founder of Unstoppable Women of Web3. In addition, she got to participate in the first ringing of the NASDAQ bell in the metaverse. Sandy is a top 10 metaverse influencer, top 100 most inspirational women of Web3, top 10 data experts, Federal 100 award winner, member of Fortune Most Powerful Women, and CNN Top 10 Most Powerful Women in Tech. I mean, that's a mouthful, and I also know that it's not covering all of it. So (laughs) welcome to the show. Thank you for being on From the Blockchain. Sandy, we really are happy to have you here. How are you doing today? Thank you. I am having a great day because I get to be here with both of you guys, Ashley or Bored Becky, as I know you as, and Danielle. Thank you guys for having me. I can't wait to chat today. Thank you so much. We, I'm, I'm really not sure like where I want to start because I know you have an extensive resume. I know you've been looking at tech from a long time. And even from like a leadership and volunteer perspective, you've really been looking at bringing, you know, making sure women and girls are uh, looking at technology as possible career paths, et cetera, and that they have access. Um, but why don't we go back a little bit and you can help build, like paint the picture of Sandy your career path, how did you start and and why, how do you see yourself having come from where you came from to Web3? Well, let's see, where do I start? Um, well, I'm going to mention this because I'll tie it back in. When I was in high school, I thought I was going to be an astronaut. I wanted to go to Mars. I actually went to the NASA space camp, uh, was preparing everything. And uh, as you know, things uh, things change in your life. So I switched from astronaut to doctor, was at school, realized that as a medical doctor, you have to go into hospital rooms. And for whatever reason, the smells there, guys, would make me pass out. So not a good doctor experience. So I switched into tech. That's actually how I got into tech. My advisor was a dual uh, dean. He was a dean at the medical school at Duke University and at the computer science department, which was very, very small at that time. Um, And so that's really where I fell in love with tech. How I got started in this space, I was at Amazon Web Services, a phenomenal company, by the way. If you ever have a chance to work there, definitely do it because you learn so much. I was there for five years. And in the last year, I was asked to look at a lot of our emerging tech. So artificial intelligence, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, blockchain. And so I started going down the rabbit hole and learning more and more about blockchain, how it was used in the Web2 space. And then I started digging into it and found out all these amazing Web3 use cases as well. And then kind of coupling that with AR and VR and the metaverse, I just started wanting to spend more and more and more of my time in the space. And so instead of having it be a side project, Matt Gould, who is the CEO and founder of Unstoppable Domains, called me and said, hey, I'm coming up to Seattle, which is where Amazon is based, and um, took me out to dinner. And the rest is history. I entered into the, uh, the Web3 space, which, which I love because I have the background of Web2, how we created a whole market around cloud, how we educated everybody. And I'm trying to bring a lot of that over, that which is applicable into the Web3 space. 
I'm curious just to kind of get the conversation rolling, how you've found that transition. I know that you're you're an author, you're you're a speaker. You've, I'm assuming you've been a regular speaker for some time, uh, talking about all the things that you've been involved in. So Web2, I believe you probably were um, an expert in a lot of the, the, those areas. And, and how are you seeing the transition? Like, how are you feeling out audiences or readers or people who are following you? What are, what kind of questions are they asking um, and how, how do they look different? Yeah, well, there, there are a lot of differences and there's a lot of similarities. So I'm considering myself a geek girl. I love the technology. So I have that in common with most web three people I run into or metaverse people really want to understand the tech. So I definitely have that in common. The community, the love of community and the power of community in Web3, I think I've always had that love of community and really understanding what people want. And so I think that's very similar. I will tell you that some of the differences are ones probably all of us could say, which is things change so fast that I don't think there's any experts out there because it's just constantly moving. So whereas in the cloud world, which was pretty leading edge when we started, you know, we would be like six to nine months before things would change. Here it's like a week. <laughs> it's a week. Something's changing. Something's happening. Something's different. And you've got to learn all new skills. I also love the fact that there's no playbook. I love being super creative. And so I did feel like eventually in the Web2 world, I knew the playbook, like I could replicate it and be successful and know what was happening. But in Web3, there's no playbook and there's no, oh, this has always worked. Let's try that. Or it's like, okay, what can we do differently? So right before this call, we're getting ready to do a big launch at Unstoppable. And we were just like brainstorming just out of this world, like ideas, because Nothing like this has ever been launched before. So we get to be the first ones to create the playbook. So I find that that's different uh, as well. And I would say the last thing that's different, which is kind of unfortunate, but in the Web2 world, we had gotten up to 25 to 30% women. So I got used to going, jumping on calls and having all these women there. I was shocked when I came into this space. And I think my first week, I don't think I saw another woman Honestly, like honestly. And so now I'm seeing more and more women come into this space and we're doing a lot to get more women in. I love what Fame Lady's doing in this space as well. And so I, I do see that as a big differentiator too. Only 8% of, of people in the Web3 space that are building or creating are women. And I do, find, I do find that strange. We're creating the next internet and we're not diverse. So that, that's another thing that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know, just because it's um, obviously quite important to us as well, is why do you think it's important for women to leap forward into the space in these early days? Well, um, all the research shows that you get more innovation if you have diverse ideas. Diverse ideas come from diverse teams. So if you really want to innovate, and that's why I'm here, I'm sure that's why you guys are here, right? We're innovating in this space. And so to get the most out of that innovation, I think we have to have a diverse perspective and a diverse voice. Um, I think we'll miss out on some of the really core elements of the promise of Web3 in the metaverse if we don't fix that problem. So it is one of the things that I'm dedicated to fixing for sure. There's definitely been a growth in more visible women over the last year. That's 100%. But what do you think is one of the key factors that's uh, preventing women from getting involved early on? 
So let me, let me give a little story. So when I came over from Amazon, I think everybody was so shocked. I left Amazon, like the number one company to work for, to go for a startup, which at that time, you know, nobody had heard of. We're now a unicorn. We're one of Forbes top six companies, startups. Um, but at that time, nobody had heard of us. So people were like, whoa, what's going on? Um, so the New York Times, uh, Becky did an article about me. And um, in that article, you know, they outlined things. So we ended up getting 1,500 applicants for our jobs at Unstoppable, 1,500. So I was so excited. I started going through all the job recs. 2% were women, 2%. At Amazon, I would get 30 to 40%. So I started asking people, like, some of these jobs are great for you. Why didn't you apply? Why didn't you? And the number one answer I got is, well, I looked at your job rec. And the first thing it says is knowledge of Web3, knowledge of metaverse. I don't have that. So, you know, kind of back to the research that says if women look at a job rec and it has 10 things on it, if they don't hit all 10, not qualified, not going to apply. Guys can look at four, you know, hit 40% and they're like, oh man, I'm, I'm the shoe in for that job. <laughs> so I do believe that that plays a big role in it. Uh, it's one of the reasons I started Unstoppable Women of Web3. Um, our mission is education. So I set out to educate more and more women on what Web3 is, what is the metaverse, uh, just to get them excited about it. And I, I know that we are seeing more women now apply for our roles. And I think others in the industry are seeing the same. And we're going to continue that mission as we move forward. That's awesome. Love it. And big fans of the stuff you're doing. So uh, I think we'll dive a little deeper into that in a minute. But first, why don't we let you talk about Unstoppable Domains just to give context of like, what are you working with? What What are you doing? What are Unstoppable Domains? And kind of guide us through where you're at now and where you see it kind of going, because I know you've been doing some activations over there. Yeah. So Unstoppable Domains really has two major offerings. Our mission is to have everybody on the planet have a digital identity. And in order to do that, we sell Web3 domains or NFT domains. And those domains are what gives you access to all kinds of applications. They also help you simplify, like if you're, you know, transferring cryptocurrency and you have to type that long set of letters and numbers, um, it lets you use instead, you know, sandy.nft, boardbecky.x, danielle.blockchain. You can use a real name instead of using a bunch of letters and characters. But the real power and the reason why I came was that domain then becomes your digital identity. So what is a digital identity? If I take you back first to Web2, um, in the Web2 world, you sign into Google, you sign into Instagram, Danielle's favorite, you might sign into Facebook as well. Uh, <laughs> and when you do that, uh, that's an inside joke. We were talking about something earlier. Uh, and when you do that, all that information about you is saved in that application. So that company, that entity, that um, government owns that information about you. And so uh, I was just reading an article this weekend that says Google and Facebook make $100 billion selling that information to others about you. So now let's move into the Web3 world. So you have that NFT domain we talked about. And with that domain now, as you log into different applications that are dApps or decentralized applications, all that information about you is saved with you. 
And so it could save, you know, social data, could save your um, education data, your healthcare data, your email, your location. But now you own that data and you decide who gets access to it, when they get access to it, and how much they get access to because you have permission to do that. And for me, that's a really powerful statement. Um, I was quoted as saying digital identity is a human right because I do believe that everybody should own their data. So I have to tell you a funny story. This weekend, my husband and I, we're in California right now. We're going to a Texas party. We were uh, chatting in the car. What are we going to wear to the Texas party? Because they asked everybody to dress Texan, right? And so we were talking about cowboy hats and we get home, we sit down and we pull up our you know, social media and what's all over it? Well, Amazon is trying to sell me cowboy boots. Facebook has ads for Stetsons and Friends shirts. And so, um, you know, it's just very fascinating to me. That's a simple example. Um, But I did have a friend who was just telling me he was just diagnosed with a medical condition, got up on Google to search it. And now he's getting articles and things on that particular medical condition, including he got a note from his healthcare provider who was asking if he needed help with something. And so I take this very seriously. It's one of the reasons I love Unstoppable. We have a a mission-based approach to putting data back in the hands of the users. And that's really important to me. Yeah, there's definitely, I think there's been a bit of a flurry of interest around this topic and and maybe for not as meaningful uh, reasons as you've just outlined. Certainly folks in the crypto and NFT space have been really interested in just these domains in general. And they've been, I think it's fun, even though it might not be the primary purpose (laughs) for these domains, I think it might be fun to give some context to our audience if they've never seen it, they don't know um, what's been kind of going on over the last, let's say, six months or eight months related to these domains. Because I know that I see people getting so excited that they've bought such a clever domain. And we know in the dot-com era that 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 was like such a big deal, but they're buying and selling these names. Um, Maybe you can just give our audience a, a little taste of like, what some of the DGENs are doing with these domains right now. Yeah. Well, so a lot of people are, you know, first of all, they're trying to collect their name and be as cool as they can with their name because that'll be their digital identity. We had one domain that was valued at a million dollars and it was R, well, just the letter R, this guy's name, dot X, R dot X. So that was kind of cool. That made the rounds, got viral. People are also buying them so that they can uh, maybe one day resell them as well. So, you know, gaming.x, christmas.nft, some of those are kind of uh, some of the interesting ones as well. Um, And people are really looking at, you know, what's like the next hot one or what's the next one to sell because people are also speculating on some of them. So one of the interesting things that we do is we don't allow you to buy someone else's trademark name. Like we don't allow you to buy um, McDonald's.nft because we believe that's an ownership right. And so that should really be owned by the person who owns the trademark. So a lot of businesses really love us because they do, we do protect their brand for them as they move forward. Um, But even regardless of that, people are speculating on some cool ones. So I'll just give you a couple. Um, Business.crypto sold this morning for $120,000. Um, formerly Chucks.crypto sold for almost $133,000. 
So there's, you know, wanted tokens.crypto sold for over $146,000. So people are buying them. They're making up names. Um, I actually got, in addition to Sandy.NFT, Sandy.crypto, Sandy.blockchain, I got Pink Mamba because I think you guys know I always wear pink. If you look at my fame lady, I've got pink in her hair. And so I bought Pink Mama as one of mine so that I could use that in the metaverse as well. Uh, And then one day I was at the nail salon and I was painting, my nails today are pink, but I was painting them red. I'm like, I wonder if anybody has red nails, real red nail is their their, uh, name. So I bought red nail as well. So I've got that one just for fun, just for fun, you know. The other thing we just released is a mobile app. And so with the mobile app, you can also use your domain to insert your NFT, an NFT that you bought, like maybe hopefully a fame lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how you could use this as well is when you go to business shows, NFT NYC, uh, NFT LA, San Francisco, London, wherever you're going, there is a QR code on this. And so people can just swipe that QR code, recognize your NFT, and then whatever information you want to share, maybe your telegram or maybe your email, uh, that will come through as well. So it's not like a a big meaningful purpose, but it's a very valuable uh, tool as you uh, go along as well. Mm -hmm. Super practical. And by the way, we were really excited um, to see your mobile app launch and it featuring a fame lady. Um, People in our community were just pumped to see that. So thank you for doing that. We are so excited. And uh, we know you have a large network and database. So we know a lot of people saw that fame lady. So we're pretty excited about it. And you know what? If you see, it's going to stay out there. It's on the website. It's being used everywhere. And I love my fame lady. I just think she's like, so freaking cool. You know, she's got pink hair. She's got the attitude. She's got the glasses. Yeah. I really love her. So very cool. So, so that's, is that the, um, best overview of the mobile app and what like the, uh, what it serves for today is, is that kind of connecting tool and you choosing what to be sharing, et cetera. Well, that's the fun part of it. I think, uh, the rest, the, the stuff is, the rest of it is very valuable. You can do everything, on the mobile app that you could do on the website, which mm-hmm. is always super cool. Um, you can also now back up everything. So, you know, if you're saving all that data, you really want to back it up to make sure you never have gaps or security issues. So you can also back it up with the mobile app. And then there are some other things you can do, like you can manage a lot of your domains off of the mobile device that also provides you additional value as well. So the cool thing is you get your picture and you can swipe it and you can share it at uh, conferences, but there is a lot of value packed information in there as well. In the show notes, we'll make sure to link to unstoppable domains and all the sites so you can track it all out. Uh, and, and if you're wanting to do that right now, so you don't forget, please do do that right now. So Sandy, it's so fun to see this. I'm I'm wondering a little bit about where you see things kind of going? Where's the future with all of this? Um, And then I have a follow-up question after that. Yeah. So, you know, the power of this digital identity, um, I believe, is going to be even more innovation in the future. In fact, this morning, someone asked me, what's your favorite digital identity application? And I had to say, it hasn't been invented yet. Like, there's so many new use cases coming. Um, So let me just give you a couple that I know about. Uh, So one is storing of your diploma or your information 
inside of that digital identity. So imagine how powerful that is. Like you could validate that you went to a particular school or that you were certified on something. It's on the chain. So it's, you know, trustworthy and and proven, which I think is pretty powerful. In fact, I was just talking to one university. We work with a lot of universities and they were telling me that 40% of people who get invited to alumni parties, events, um, LinkedIn groups actually never went to the school. Because how do you really prove that that person went to the school? You've got you've got some records, but people change their names, they get married, they move around. So how do you actually know? So that's one use case for it, uh, which I find to be quite fascinating. Why someone would want to do that, I don't know, but maybe for networking. Uh, but I think that that's a powerful use case. You know, the other is just when you're applying for a new job or something and, um, you know, they always ask you, you know, share your your school or whatever. It's always so hard to get that information. The other day, I was trying to get information about my education to someone. I called the school and the school said, oh, please fax us a request for that. I was like, fax? Like, I don't even know where to find a fax machine. Like, would you? That's awful. Like, where do you find a fax machine? And then instead of emailing me my my proof, they mailed it to me. So now I have a piece of paper <laughs> that I have to save to prove this, which is just crazy. So that's one. Um, the other is healthcare. And we still know we have a lot of work to do here because there are HIPAA constraints. But at NFT NYC, um, where I met you in person, we um, met with a whole group of startups in the healthcare space. And what they're doing is they're putting healthcare information on an NFT that is then stored in your digital identity. And why that's so important is that 60% of misdiagnosis is done because the doctor doesn't have access to all of your information, right? You know, one doctor has it, then your specialist has it, then another one has it. So you're missing stuff. And so in order to increase the, the value and the power of healthcare, um, they're going to put that all together, and then you can distribute that data to the appropriate medical professional, for instance. I thought that was another really cool um, use case. And there are so many. Uh, I was working with a retailer, um, and I really like this one, too. They were doing the calc- uh, you know, the math on today they have to buy information from Facebook or Google or Amazon, and they have to put out that set of money. And then they assume that 40% of the data is fraudulent, right? Because you can have multiple email addresses and all that to get a 20% off coupon on stuff. So they did the math and they found out this was a retailer that sells like um, sofas and rugs and that sort of thing. So um, what they were working on is getting people with the Web3 digital identity to share information that they had just purchased a home. And instead of giving a 20% off coupon, they could give $1,500 off to every um, person who met that criteria versus 20% off. It's a huge difference in value to us as a consumer because now we're sharing our data versus somebody else sharing it. So those are just three things. I have so many other use cases too about where this could go in the future. I'm, I'd love to know if you do have a general sense of the adoption rate thus far. So even from your perspective at Unstoppable Domains, um, is there any information you can share with us that kind of gives an idea of how many people are getting on board with this and, and maybe who they are? Do we know who they are? 
So um, for Unstoppable alone, we have 2.5 million people who have their digital domain. So 2.5 million domains out there, which, you know, for a, for a new company and a new market, I think is pretty good. Of those today, we find that um, a lot of them are gamers. They're people who visit the metaverse. A good portion of them also tend to be college to job one, job two, outside of college. And uh, I find that interesting. Um, So I was teaching a class. I did like an hour session on how to get your domain, how to set up a wallet, how to put money in your wallet, you know, all those things. And I did it last night to a group of very senior people in the data space. And the class was supposed to be an hour. We took an hour and a half because it took them a little bit long to figure out some of the core elements of it. Then I did it. I'm an adjunct professor at Carnegie Mellon. I was doing it for some of the students and they were like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Like, I know this, I know this. I already have a wallet, Um, 30 minutes. So I thought that was fascinating. Like they know that. And then another, another thing that we're finding is that families are also looking at this and buying domains um, for the family. And uh, in fact, I've been working with Kelly. She's at Blue Studios. If you don't know her, she's phenomenal. We've been working together to do a family wallet where you can share permissions. And we created a template for a family DAO. So a DAO, if you don't know, uh, is a decentralized autonomous organization. So it's basically like a, uh, a voting structure or governance structure where every person or every company gets a vote. And so we did this family DAO and uh, it's really crazy. We were on a Twitter space. I was telling them every Sunday night, my two daughters, my husband, uh, my sister and brother-in-law, my mom and my dad would all get together because they're like, what is this? What are you doing? Like, what is Web3? What is crypto? What's a wall? We want to do it. So every Sunday night, we'd get together, some on Zoom, some in person, and we'd go through it. And I mentioned that on a Twitter space and somebody spoke up and said, that's a family DAO. You should templatize. I would love to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And so that's what we did. Funny thing about that is that one of the things we found, we opened it up to where we could give permission like for one person in the DAO to give permission to someone else to only spend so much money, right? So they didn't buy the wrong thing or accidentally spend too much money. We assumed it would be the parents or the grandparents that were giving that authority to the kids. (laughs) But what we're finding is it's actually the kids giving that authority to the parents because they're like, oh, three ETH, let's do that, right? Um, They don't. It, so it's it's quite interesting to see all these different use cases coming to uh, to be. Mm-hmm. I do think I don't know. I meant to mention this before, but seeing the growth that you're seeing, um, seeing even the the spending that's happening on these domains over the last let's say month. You gave some examples in our conversation earlier. We also have to recognize we're in a bear market right now. Like there's it's there's not a lot of confidence in it. From a financial perspective at the moment, people are very, very slow on their speculating, uh, at least, you know, generally speaking. So it's interesting to see the uptick and the adoption rates happening um, because I think, I, I mean, I can only assume folks are really thinking about the future and they're not necessarily just thinking about like the day to day and what this means. They're, they're thinking about what might this really mean practically over the next year, five years, 10 years. Um, and, and people are probably pretty excited to have the opportunity to uh, get involved before anyone else 
really even knows it exists. <laughs> so yeah, I think so. And I also think, you know, you could buy a domain for $5. Like you don't have to spend a lot. Uh, the other unique thing about us is even before the bear market, we had the ability to buy with PayPal or credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this bear market, we're finding more people buying with a credit card or PayPal still wanting to get in, still believing in Web3, maybe questioning crypto more, but, you know, that use case for blockchain, but maybe not as much questioning the power of Web3, um, that Web3 domain as we move forward. So I do find it um, really empowering that people still have the belief in a bear market and the bear market gives us time to build, 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 which is what we're doing. I'd love to know, you know, you talk a lot about helping on board, you, ha- you talk about educating um, and you've got, you know, the women of Web3, Unstoppable Women of Web3 that you're working on. Where do you find the most success in educating? Like, how are you onboarding? Where, where, what are those moments? What do they look like? What are kind of some of the basics that you're finding people get the most value out of? Yeah, it's a great question because we've been doing a lot of research on it and a lot of experimentation too, right? I mean, we're in a in a brand new market, we're in a startup, so you're going to you know pivot and move around as well. So uh, what we found at first is just the basics of what Web three is is really important. Even before you start talking about what is a domain and what's a digital identity, just understanding what Web three is, what its potential is, and what the metaverse is is really important to explain. And then as you you know as you look understanding the value of a domain and a digital identity is really important. We've been doing this training in Twitter spaces, in podcasts like you guys have, and video, because we found that people learn differently. We even do little TikTok moments or Instagram, um, because we know that different people learn in different ways and in different fashions. Um, one of the things that we are are working on right now are, are what we call in streams of um classes based on topics. So like a stream on blockchain or a stream on creators, uh, which we're hoping to work on with Randy Zuckerberg, actually. Um, A stream on Web3, a stream on the metaverse, a stream on crypto. Because we find that a lot of people, they want an overview of everything, but then they tend to say, okay, I'm going to focus on NFTs, like fame ladies, right? Or I'm a tech, I'm a tech geek, I'm going to go after blockchain. I want to know everything there is about blockchain. Or I'm a gamer or I love augmented reality. I'm going to go after the metaverse. Uh, And I actually think that's a great way to learn because there's so much out there that if you can like learn broadly and then decide where you want to focus, I think it's a great way to do so. Mm -hmm. We have been talking recently about our echo chamber in NFTs um, being Twitter, Discord, and like we're all kind of talking to ourselves and each other over and over and over again. And that it's probably time for us to t- make the effort to like step outside and create content in different ways, um, be more meaningful and have, you know, more robust strategy around education. Um, you know, obviously I think, you know, from a, the perspective of ourselves and in, in our community and as leadership of Fame Lady Squad, it's like, okay, bandwidth, we got to figure out how we're going to really do this meaningfully. Um, but especially for women, like, and I hate, I hate generalizing, but the mediums that we've been using in, in Web3 are not necessarily where we find the most women. Uh, it's not necessarily the most entertaining, um, you know, social media platforms as an example. So that's something we're thinking a lot about. So I love hearing it back 
you know, from you and others, it's reaffirming it's time <laughs> for us. So stay tuned, everybody. You're going to start seeing us in portrait mode on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right. I will, also, I will also say, you know, because we know a lot of Web2 folks are coming over, we're finding that LinkedIn is enough. I know it's shocking, but LinkedIn is another channel where people are, are, are flocking to to learn about Web3. And I find very, you know, thinking about echo chamber, because uh, we were listening to Twitter and what was happening and, and Discord and Telegram and gearing education to that. And then we got to LinkedIn and the questions are completely different. Uh, and you have to use Web2 analogies there. Um, and even I'll give you one example, uh, trustlessness. I mean, that's a big Web3 word. But if you say that to someone in Web 2, they're like, of course, it's not going to be trustless. Um, But then once you explain it to them, they get it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I I got it. Now I understand. So um, I do agree with your philosophy for reaching out to different ways to learn and to figure out who you want to target. Because based on that target, different questions, different ideas, different modes, different mediums that really uh, have an impact. Yeah, I, we were talking about LinkedIn as well and how uh, profile updates are required. And uh, but that more and more as I'd like as Danielle and myself are getting around in real life and meeting folks um, rather than them asking, hey, what's your Twitter? They're saying, hey, what's your LinkedIn? And that to me is a sign of a shift in who's getting involved in this space and who's interested and curious and wants to learn. Um, and so anyways, it's, it's just an anecdote, but I think it's, it's probably signaling at something important happening, um, which is really cool. I I'd love to know. So you're chair of the board of directors at girls in tech, and I think you've been involved with that organization since 2016. Tell us a little bit about your work with girls in tech. How is the movement of Web3 and the evolution of Web3 shaping how you're thinking about technology uh, from that perspective? Yeah, so Girls in Tech is a great organization. And, you know, its name kind of implies young girls, but really the target is college and maybe one or two jobs outside of college. And part of what we're finding as we move forward is that a lot more women in the space are interested in entrepreneurship and Web3 and the doors that Web3 opens up. You know, unlike Web2, Web3 opens up doors for creators too, right? And Web2 is really about technologists. But Web3, you you can have a musician, an artist. You've got so many people there who you now have a new touch point with. And so we're opening up all those doors with Girls in Tech. We launched a mentoring platform around Web3 with women of Web3. They have a great mentoring platform that we've used for years for cloud and other things. And we're going to apply that to Web3. We do hackathons, a lot of hackathons. And so we'll be doing hackathons to teach concepts about Web3 and, and how you might look at blockchain, for example. And then we have this whole area of training that we do, not just on the technology, but on entrepreneurship. So we teach classes on when you're running a business. You know, you don't just need to know about the tech. You also have to know about a balance sheet or, and you have to know about managing people. And so we teach that whole class too. And it's become one of our top classes, especially for women who have some tech in their background and they're coming out of college and maybe, you know, actually they don't like 
some of the companies they're seeing and they want to do their own thing. And so they see Web3 as that opportunity. And that is right now one of our number one classes and areas of training for these, these young women and girls. That's so interesting. I'm actually, I was sort of taken aback when you said Web3 is more about creators. Um, and I think in my mind, I always thought about Web2 as being for creators, but it, it reflecting on it um, like that. And it's such a different way. You're thinking about creators more from like an influencer marketing perspective and like ads, that sort of a thing. Maybe some business dev stuff too, and using social media to enable business, but not using social media as business necessarily. Um, and certainly I think what you're saying is, is absolutely correct. It, it opens up some really interesting doors for folks who perhaps wouldn't have been able to do something on their own previously, which is really cool. So that's great. I'm excited to hear that. I'm excited to see, you know, what the next five years is going to mean in terms of like the innovation side of all this, but also in terms of adoption and who, who takes some of these things. And you're doing such important work um, for us. I think we think it's really important that it's not just about equity, like equity matters and diversity matters for the reason that you suggested, Um, you know, it helps build more robust organizations, et cetera. But I just think, man, like if women can just be the thought leaders as this is being built, it's going to create a really cool space, a really cool uh, uh, landscape that, (laughs) dare I say, if it were men alone, sorry guys, I love you, but I was always a little nervous about the metaverse if if it was only men building it. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) Danielle's laughing behind her muted mic, Um, but I'll I'll leave it at that. But um, so kudos to you for the work that you're doing. I think that's wonderful. Um, One thing actually that I saw on your LinkedIn that you you mentioned was that legacy matters to you. And I think that that's something that matters a lot to us um, at Fame Lady Squad. It's partly why we're here. We wanted to change the legacy of the first all-female generative PFP project. (laughs) And and honestly, for those of you who haven't gotten clued in already, we have have not been like rolling in the dough for this initiative over the last year, but we want to be a part of a legacy. It matters to us so much. So I'd love to hear when you think about legacy and your role in Web3, like what's going on in your mind as you look ahead? I would say to me, you know, legacy means um, who did you help along the way? What are people going to remember you for? You know, I have six patents. I don't think people are going to remember that. Um, you know, I helped to create the first SOA architecture. They're not going to remember that. But I think they will remember that um, throughout my career, I've always reached back and pulled others along with me, pulled others up, helped to stop and teach. Um, you know, people always say to me, how do you have time to do like this girls in tech thing or women of Web3? It's like, how do you not have time? Like, we are so uh, lucky and we are so blessed to be where we are. Um, and so I feel like it's our responsibility in order to help others along the way. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to open the first girls in tech in Cuba. And it was so touching because these women taking these entrepreneur classes, it's the only way out for them to find another another way. Or, you know, I just went to Abu Dhabi and a lot of people in the Middle East, um, you know, without Web3, we gave a million domains away to all the women in Abu Dhabi. This opens doors for them. That's going to have an impact on their life. And, you know, the saying is, you know, if you teach a woman... She, teach her, she teaches her tribe, right? Her family gets brought along too. 
that's what I want my legacy to be. I, I don't want it to be, oh, she had six patents. I want it to be, she made a difference in other people's lives. She impact, impacted me personally. That's wonderful. I, I'm, I think we're both very much um, fans of that thinking. That's, that's great. Um, and I, I think it also brings up uh, a, an important point of how some of this data ownership um, and, and what that can mean. It, it means a lot to many of us, but I do think from a North American perspective, we do take for granted some of the luxuries uh, in our lives um, and and don't realize how some of these um, Web3 opportunities might help enable folks who don't have bank accounts, who don't have access to like certain parts of their identity necessarily um, in even the most traditional ways. Um, so So that's great. Sandy, thank you so much for being here. I uh, myself personally want to know more about the six patents, but we don't have time for today. But I actually do think that matters. And that's really, really cool. Um, <laughs> so we'll, that'll be for another show. Later. <laughs> you know, so, quick, before we ask her where people can find her, I think one thing that you glossed over a bit ago that we could go into um, that's kind of misunderstood by people that are not in tech is the hackathon. Do you think you could kind of explain that and how like accessible that would be for people? Yeah, um, especially the way we do it at Girls in Tech and at Unstoppable. So a hackathon, when we run hackathons, uh, a lot of times people will show up already with teams to come together and solve a problem. But in a lot of times people show up and they don't have a team. So they form teams there. And in fact, we have found that teams form there and then they form a company like that becomes a new company. And at our hackathons, we teach, you know, blockchain fundamentals. What is Python? So we help you learn and, and, and learn about not just the technology, but about product market fit as well. And in fact, a lot of times, most valuable members are, you know, user interfaces or how I'm going to explain this, not necessarily just the hardcore techies. And so um, a lot of times our hackathons are, you know, overall projects for anything. The last hackathon we did for Girls in Tech, uh, you had to develop a Web3 solution for homelessness. And it was amazing. Some of the really cool things uh, that these women came up with and developed, it, it was awesome. In fact, one of the ideas was around how they could help homelessness and, and share food around football stadiums. And we actually had the NFL fly that winning team to NFL headquarters to present that idea, and they funded it. So hackathons have so much opportunity, so much potential as you move forward as well. So thank you so much for having me on the show and for uh, chatting with me. And thank you for what you guys are doing too. You guys are having such an impact. You know, when I heard, when I first heard the story about Fame Ladies, I was like, who are these special people? who took it over to make it what it was supposed to be to start with and to continue that legacy of being the first female-run NFT group and collection. So I do think you guys are super special. You may not be rolling in the dough today, but you're rolling in legacy and you will be soon, I'm sure of it. So thank you. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. And we really appreciate it. I think the support we've got from, especially women in the space, um, has really pushed us forward and, and helped us feel this has been very worthwhile. So thank you for that. Um, Sandy, how can people learn more about you, follow you, and learn more about the things you're involved in, such as Unstoppable Domains? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Sandy underscore Carter or LinkedIn, Sandy Carter. 
or Instagram, Sandy underscore founder, uh, sorry, Sandy underscore Carter founder. Um, Unstoppable Domains is unstoppabledomains.com. And hopefully as well, if you're a company listening in, we'd love for you to join our Unstoppable Women of Web3 movement. And that's at unstoppablewild3.com. And again, thank you guys so much. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this awesome episode. Hope you got a lot out of it. We'll be back. Tune in again from the blockchain. Thank you for joining us on From the Blockchain. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions about today's episode, please send us a message so we can answer it. If you want to learn more about Fame Lady Squad or how you can get involved with NFTs, please visit our website or join our growing community on Discord. We genuinely believe we couldn't do the things that we do without the support of our community and listeners like you. So thank you so much. We'll see you again soon.